After a tumultuous 48 hours, the LA Kings got a much-needed win thanks to the special teams actually being special, including their much-maligned penalty kill, and a big game from the captain. LA had to rally back to get a victory, showing some grit and determination, albeit against a lesser opponent. We'll break it all down next in this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. At last check, we were at 919 subscribers as our march towards 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year continues. Thank you to all who have liked and subscribed to this point and all that will like and subscribe in the future. Um, the reason it is important for you to like and subscribe, at least so I'm told, is that um, the, 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 the videos that get uh, the likes and the subscribes, it goes into the, uh, I don't know, the uh, algorithm, I guess, so to speak, for YouTube. And the more likes and subscribes you have, uh, the more those videos are likely put into the, uh, you know, the preview section, if you will, for people who, you know, like hockey videos, something like that. So, Anyway, um, it's not just for my ego or something to see the the likes and subscribes going up and trying to get to a thousand and more. Um, there's actually a reason behind it. Uh, it helps people find the show, or so I'm told. So, um, thank you again to all of those who have liked and subscribed as we uh, as we continue to again try and uh, hit the thousand subscriber mark coming up here, hopefully before the end of the year. I am Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost thirty years. 20-plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out, putting out content for the last 16 years and, of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years or so. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, the LA Kings took the ice last night and uh, didn't seem like a game on a Thursday against the Coyotes was going to be a big game uh, when the schedule came out, but uh, recent events uh, may have certainly changed that. First and foremost, the Kings have not been playing well. Uh, They lost five of six heading into last night's contest against the Coyotes, highlighted or lowlighted by the Kings' 9-8 overtime home loss against the Seattle Kraken on Tuesday night. After the loss, the Kings put supposed goalie of the future, Cal Peterson, Cal Peterson making... Uh, $5 million per year for the next two years. They put that Cal Peterson on waivers and then sent him to the AHL um, to send a message to the team in part, but also to try and get this uh, subpar goaltender who is someone who we think is in the plans of the future for the Kings to get him back on track. Uh, Also, there was the GM meeting, uh, Rob Blake meeting with the team behind closed doors to let him know pretty much what they already knew that they were not playing up to expectations, but hearing it from that voice holds more weight uh, than it does just the head coach. Uh, so the the message was sent out to the LA Kings from up on high that uh, they needed to start playing better sooner rather than later. And specifically, Rob Blake calling out the team's defense and the penalty kill. With that in mind, 
the not-so-great Arizona Coyotes team looking to show everyone that the message was received and that we would be seeing better play on the ice for at least one night. Did that happen? Mostly yes, but uh, it wasn't a masterpiece of a performance. But honestly, if the Kings would have gone out and laid an egg and lost um, with all that's gone on over the last 48 hours, that would have been pretty bad. So again, with that in mind, let's recap last night's game. And we start with the Kings lineup as there were some changes to talk about, not with the top line. Still Andre Kopitar at center with Kevin Fiala and Adrian Kempe on the wings, not to the second line. Still Philip Deneau at center with Trevor Moore and Victor Arvidsson. On the third line, Blake Lazat was centered with uh, Gabe Velarde, but Arthur Kaliev moving back up to the third line from the fourth line. And then that fourth line, pretty much a new group, Jared Anderson Dolan moving from wing to center. Samuel Fagimo, who just called up, playing on the left side, and Carl Grundstrom back down on the fourth line, playing on the right wing spot. As for the defense, we had Drew Doughty and Mikey Anderson as the top pair, as usual. Second pair, though, we had Matt Roy with Tobias Bjornfoot, who was just called up. And the uh, final line, the third line, had Alex Edler and Sean Dursey with Dursey playing on the right side. Jonathan Quick was in net in this one. Um, again, still not sure why Quentin Byfield has not been called up, other than I assume maybe the team feels like if they call him up, he'd be centering the fourth line, not getting a lot of minutes. Maybe they'd rather him center the first line at the AHL and get him the minutes that they feel he needs. That that would make some sense. Um, but the most significant change in the lineup to me was the addition of defenseman Tobias Bjornfoot. With him in the lineup, we had all the left-handed shots playing on the left side defensively, all the right-handed shots playing on the right side defensively. Um, and I don't know that that is quite as big of a deal as others feel it is, but the way the Kings have been playing defensively lately, um, why not get a more traditional defensive lineup out there? It certainly couldn't hurt, right? So um, that's the that was the lineup as far as the offense and the defense. And as I, as I said on a Thursday show, Expect Jonathan Quick to be in net just about every night until Cal Peterson returns. Phoenix Copley has been called up and is the backup, but likely will only play uh, if absolutely necessary. All right, so as for this uh, important game, uh, the Kings got off to, uh, as expected, I would think, good start against the Arizona Coyotes. It included early power play opportunities. The Kings got several good chances with the man advantage. Um, Arthur Kaliev had some great looks, but the Kings could not convert. Uh, everything seemed to be going well for the Kings early on in this one until Philip Deneau accidentally took a high-sticking penalty, a double minor, and then suddenly the Kings' subpar penalty kill, which was called out by GM Rob Blake, was in the spotlight. The Kings not only killed off the four minutes of Arizona power play time, but they nearly scored a couple of shorthanded goals. Kings uh, then got another chance on the power play when Disaster struck. Victor Arvidsson made an off-target pass to the point to defenseman Sean Dursey, who dove to try and keep the puck in the zone. He did stop the puck, but uh, that only kind of put it on a silver platter for the Coyotes player who skated off on a shorthanded breakaway and scored to make it one nothing Arizona. To the Kings' credit, they responded almost immediately, uh, 36 seconds later to be exact, uh, still on the same power play that they were on when they allowed the shorthanded goal. Andre Kopitar scored with some great puck movement from the Kings, including the final cross-ice pass from Gabe Velarde, and we'd be tied at 1-1 after one. Into the second period, the Kings would fall behind again. Arizona took a 2-1 lead on a fairly innocent-looking innocent wrist shot from the point. Might have been slightly deflected just enough to beat Jonathan Quick. 
And then Kings defenseman uh, Alex Edler had the blade from his skate pop out in uh, while he had the puck in the corner of the Kings zone. He goes down, loses the puck. Coyote is able to get the puck, feed it in front to a player who was wide open. He taps in the goal to make it 3-1. At that point, you were starting to wonder if the Kings were just snake bit at this point. LA, again, to their credit, would respond, and the power play would get the job done again. More great puck movement. Sean Dursey making a nice play to hold the puck in the zone, made a cross-ice pass to Victor Arbutson, who made an equally nice pass at the front of that to Trevor Moore, who was crashing. He deflects it in. That made it 3-2. to two. And then later on his 25th birthday, Carl Grundstrom scored on a two-on-one break to tie up the game at 3-3. And that's where we were heading into the third period. By the way, congratulations to Samuel Fugimo, who picked up his first NHL point with an assist on the Grundstrom goal. So again, big third period for the Kings. And the captain, Andre Kovatar, would step up. Skating four aside, he had some speed after a nice pass from Drew Doughty. Went right around an Arizona defender and scored on a wrist shot just inside the far post to give L.A. the 4-3 lead. Kevin Fiala would put the dagger in with an empty net goal after some nice patience and a pass from Adrian Kempe, who set him up. And the Kings skated off with a much-needed 5-3 victory. We'll get more into detail on what we thought about the game and uh, how it went down. But first, I need to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-date scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the World Cup, which is going on right now, MMA, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. So how should we feel about this come-from-behind win over the Arizona Coyotes? After all, it was against one of the worst teams in the league, and it would be easy to say that you feel relieved, um, but actually I feel pretty good. And yes, it was against the Coyotes, but under the circumstances, I don't care. Uh, the Kings needed a win, and they got the win. The message was received, at least for one game. Rob Blake specifically called out the Kings' penalty kill, and the penalty kill units killed off all three of the Coyotes' power plays, which is actually a pretty good power play, including that double minor in the first period. As a matter of fact, Kings had the better scoring chances while Arizona had the man advantage. Trevor Moore had a breakaway that drew a slashing call that negated the rest of the Coyotes' power play. Uh, that was in the third period, and there were a couple of times the Kings actually had some pretty good shorthanded chances in that one. So the penalty kill specifically called out by Rob Blake, and at least for one game, the Kings' penalty kill definitely got the job done. The Kings defensively looked better. Um, heck, they, they held Arizona to one shot on goal in the third period. One. Uh, in all, Arizona had 21 shots on goal in the game. Remember, Ottawa had 19 in the first period the other night. So clearly a much better defensive effort by the LA Kings. And holding any team, even a team like Arizona, to one shot on goal in a period, obviously is uh, is doing the job. I thought the puck movement by the Kings was really exceptional. Uh, best we've seen in a while, for sure. A lot of passes that were accurate, tape to tape, side to side, making the opponents really skate and defend the whole area um, of the ice and also getting the goalie moving side to side as well, I thought was 
very important. Uh, Jonathan Quick was solid in net. Uh, he made a few key saves when he needed to. He finished with 18 saves on 21 shots, and I thought two of the three goals were actually not his fault. Certainly there was that bizarre play where Alex Edler lost his skate blade and led to a turnover, and then, of course, the Dursey Arvidsson misplay that led to the breakaway. Uh, I'm not blaming Jonathan Quick on those two goals. I'll give him the one, but otherwise, I thought Jonathan Quick played a very solid game, and again, he's going to be the guy to go in net in pretty much every game for the foreseeable future, I believe. We'll see how it goes. By the way, isn't it actually fun to get excited when the Kings draw a penalty now? Remember before when the Kings would draw a penalty and you'd be like, oh, God, power play. Uh, it's actually fun now when the Kings get a penalty, when we hear the uh, the the sound from our friend Dieter Rule, the uh, man who plays all the music there. Ding, dong, ding, dong. Kings power play. Yay. Uh, the Kings were two for four on the power play last night, and I hope you're sitting down for this. The Kings actually have a top 10 power play in the NHL. After last night's game, the Kings are number 10 in the NHL on power play percentage at 24.7. Hard to believe, uh, but you know, with all the things going not so right with the Kings lately, thank goodness we at least have the power play uh, that has been working for the LA Kings. Uh, as for specific players, Hard not to be impressed with the captain, Andre Kopitar, who did a little leading by example, I thought, last night with a two-goal game, including what would turn out to be the game winner. Um, I thought Tobias Bjornfoot played a very solid game defensively. Nothing spectacular, but solid. Um, he got some quality time on the Kings penalty kill unit as well, and I would expect to see Bjornfoot in the lineup defensively for a while after that performance. Of course, it's a game-by-game -game situation probably, um, but again, I talked about him just being solid and responsible and God knows the Kings could use a, some good old solid defense, uh, right now. And I thought Tobias Bjornfoot definitely provided that for the LA Kings head coach, Tom McClellan had some comments afterwards that I am calling BS on more on that in a moment. But first I want to invite you to check out locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights that only locked on can provide that is locked on sports today available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts so tom mcclellan had some interesting comments afterwards he said he was happy with the response of the team after all that had gone on but he also said that eh, maybe the media had blown things a little bit out of proportion with what had happened over the last 48 hours. And uh, Todd, I'm not buying that. So let me ask you this. What other team in the NHL so far this season has lost a 9-8 overtime game, followed up by sending their supposed goalie of the future, putting him on waivers and then sending him down to the minors, and then having a closed-door meeting with the general manager? Um, I cover the NHL on a whole pretty closely. I do a, a show called the puck podcast and there's certainly been some, some issues with other teams this year. Um, but I don't know that that combination of things has happened to any team, uh, in the NHL this season, certainly not the outrageous game is certainly not sending your supposed goalie of the future down to the minor leagues after putting them on waivers, the closed door meeting with the GM and eh, might have happened, happened here or there. But that doesn't happen often with the Kings. Um, Rob Blake is a fairly behind-the-scenes kind of GM. Um, there are other general managers out there that are way more involved with the teams that are, you know, kind of a 
that you see them at all the practices. They're very visible. They talk to the media a lot. Um, Rob Blake isn't really that guy. He talks to the media when it's necessary, when there are key things going on, trade deadline, NHL draft, certainly at the end of the year when they have the closeout uh, interviews with all the key people. But he doesn't, otherwise, he's pretty kind of behind the scenes kind of guy. So for him to have a closed door meeting, with the LA Kings, again, that that is something that is newsworthy and everything that's happened to the Kings over the last 48 hours. I don't think the media has blown out of blown it out of proportion. Now, again, I work in sports media. I work in sports talk radio at the Fox Sports Radio Network. And absolutely do we in the media, especially when we've got four hour shows to fill, like to blow things up bigger than they are for debate and uh, conjecture and all those kinds of things. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, in this case, though, I, I really don't think that was the case. I really don't. I don't think the media blew this out of proportion. I thought it was an appropriate response to um, the things that have gone on as far as the questions afterwards with Todd McClellan in the media. He certainly wasn't grilled uh, in any way, but uh, there was certainly kind of a lot of talk about how this was a big win and what did you think about the performance and how the reaction to everything that's gone on. And uh, he, he kind of tried to downplay it a little bit, but uh I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I think it was ab- absolutely a big game and a big win. Now, of course, not everything was great about last night. Um, as I said, the Kings had to rally to beat an opponent, which they should beat. Um, but there, you know, it, the win is the most important thing, but there were some things to address. Uh, is it me or does it seem like there is always an opposing player standing alone in front of our net when something goes wrong? It, I mean, maybe I'm just paying attention to that because I'm a Kings fan and, and it's noticeable, but it seems like that happens a lot. Is it me or do you guys see that too? Anytime we got a turnover or something goes wrong, somebody's skate blade pops off. Oh, look, there's a guy standing all alone in front of our net. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should address that. Sean Dursey uh, is certainly, he has his share of adventures. Uh, we certainly know what happened on opening night. Um, he had that play against San Jose and then, the, the play last night with Victor Arvidsson, yeah, he, he wasn't solely responsible for that one. Kind of got hung out to dry by a bad pass from Victor Arvidsson, but never really a good idea to leave your feet and kind of dive to stop the puck when you're basically the lone player back in that situation. I know it was a power play, um, but he stops the puck and then he kind of put it on a silver platter for the Arizona player to skate down and score a shorthanded goal. In that situation, probably better to just let the pass go through, skate back, and play defense. Now, the other player might have the momentum going forward because he's starting from that direction, but at least you're back to help cut off a part of the ice. It's not just a clear-cut breakaway where a guy can kind of take all the time he needs to pick a corner. So with Sean Dursey, as we've said, with some of his adventures on the ice so far this season, hopefully he learns from it going forward. He is still a very young player, and there are some very good things he does on the ice. I think, you know, we talk about the quote-unquote second power play unit, the Deneau power play unit. He plays a very key role on that power play unit. He does a great job holding in the puck. He's a great passer. I wish there was some way we could splice him and Tobias Bjornfoot together and have Jersey's offensive game with Bjornfoot's defensive game. He'd he'd be an all-star player, but uh, unfortunately that's not the case. But uh, Sean Jersey has been kind of an obvious uh, whipping boy. He's made some very glaring mistakes uh, in certain situations, but you know, he's a guy I certainly root for. Uh, he still has a ton of talent, but like I said, hopefully he can learn from these issues uh, going forward uh, at some point. 
but uh, it does seem like he is in the middle of some interesting plays for the LA Kings. Are we due for some puck luck, by the way? Uh, I mean, we saw the shot off Cal Peterson's blocker that shot straight up in the air against Seattle, lands behind him, and then goes into the net. We had this bizarre Alex Edler's skate blade popping off that led to a goal. Uh, I mean, I guess at the end of the season, they, they say that that kind of thing kind of all evens out, but it certainly seems like it's not, we're not getting that right now as the Kings fans, right? When are we going to get that puck that make, makes a weird bounce off the glass and heads out on the front of the net where somebody's wide open to score a goal? I'm waiting for that. Hopefully we see that coming up maybe on this upcoming road trip because it certainly doesn't seem like we're getting any of those type of breaks right now. As a matter of fact, it seems like they're all going against us, but maybe that's just kind of the way things are going for the LA Kings right now. In the end, this game, let's put a bow on this win over the Arizona Coyotes. Again, under the circumstances, felt like a pretty big win. Um, the Kings, though, as we've said many, many times this season, need to follow it up with another win and another win with a solid group of games together. Um, but that's not going to be easy because the Kings' next opponent is going to be a much better opponent than Arizona. It is the Carolina Hurricanes coming up on Saturday. Um, they have been by many a preseason pick to win the Stanley cup this year. Their season is not quite going as well as they had hoped, but it's still going very well. They're still one of the top teams in the NHL and in the Eastern conference. And that's considering that things aren't firing on all cylinders for them at this moment. So that goes, speaks to how good this team actually is. Now, after the game against Carolina Kings go back on the road, uh, 12 day, six game road trip that is tied the longest uh, or most number of road games in a row for the LA Kings. So this season, um, so needless to say, there are going to be some challenges coming up for the LA Kings and hopefully fingers crossed this win over the Arizona Coyotes at least helps them to move in the right direction, helps them to feel a little bit better about the way that they played. Because honestly, if they had lost this game after everything that had gone on over the last 48 hours, I would have felt pretty bad. I, I know Todd McClellan kind of tried to downplay those things. Like we said, trying to make this a bigger game than it was. I don't know. Felt like a big game. Felt like a big win. Uh, again, don't want to make it out to be the greatest win of the season because it wasn't. But under the circumstances, like I said, the Kings needed a win. Kings got a win. And now, hopefully, fortune can change a little bit. The defensive play we saw last night against Arizona, hopefully going forward. The penalty kill we saw last night against Arizona. Hopefully, they can take that going forward into the next game and for this big upcoming road trip all right coming up on monday's show we're going to recap what happened against carolina on saturday and preview the first couple of games of that road trip with the kings playing in ottawa on tuesday and in toronto on thursday plus we'll tell you how cal peterson did playing down in the ahl over the weekend as well we'll, uh, we'll give you the numbers hopefully things looking good as cal peterson uh, hopefully starts his road on the way back to the nhl Hey, if you have any questions, you can always shoot me an email. The email address is lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddie at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, at LockedOnLAKings, and there's an Instagram page as well if you're into that kind of thing, which is at LockedOnLAKings. Thank you for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Lock on, Locked on Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes of local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. That is Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Locked on LA Kings. Hope you have a great weekend. And as always, go Kings go.